The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90min football family. Arsenal restore their eight-point lead at the top of the Premier League after having it temporarily cut by Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, who were in exhilarating form today, making light work of Liverpool. But it doesn't matter, because as long as we do our job, as long as we keep putting points on the board, that is what matters We are the hunted. We are the ones leading the chase. We are the ones uh, setting the pace. And uh, fingers crossed we can keep that going until the end of the season. Uh, Really, really looking forward to breaking this one down with you. Uh, I'll be talking to you about how things went at Emirates Stadium this afternoon. Uh, We'll be breaking it down and uh, I'm looking forward to... uh, yeah, to doing so. Always good to do a pod, isn't it? After a win. Uh, so uh, a massive thank you to everybody joining us live at the moment. And a big hello to everybody uh, who will be watching or listening to this back later on on playback. So let's get into it. The Chronicles of Aguna podcast. We are live. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Hope you're well. Hope you're good. Uh, welcome along uh, to this live edition of the podcast. It's finished up at Emirates Stadium earlier this afternoon. Arsenal 4, Leeds United 1. Um, I must admit, at one point, it looked as though we might have a difficult afternoon. It looked as though uh, Leeds, you know, having caused us a few problems in the first half, we're going to make it really, really difficult. But thankfully, Uh, Arsenal were able to break the deadlock and once they did it was very much one-way traffic Uh, and when you have a start like that to a second half uh, then obviously it stands you in great stead in order to go on and get all three points. Um, Just got back from Emirates Stadium around about half an hour ago. Uh, Had to stay back uh, for the sort of media stuff. Um, A lot of you will have seen the tweet I put out which I've got to start with by the way. Um, because I was in the room uh, when Ben White dropped probably the greatest line uh, that we've seen um, (laughs) in a post-match interview for a while. If Ben White was holding the mic, he probably would have dropped it just to make a point, mic drop and all that. But, I mean, Ben White, he comes in, he comes into the radio interview room after the game, um, obviously looking happy with himself, looking pleased with himself, uh, absolutely delighted with the result. And he was asked uh, by my good friend and colleague, Nick Godwin, uh, who was doing the interview for Five Live. Uh, He was asked if uh, he had watched the game. He said, uh, Nick Godwin said, you know, the manager spoke about or mentioned that he'd let the players watch some of the Manchester City game. So were you watching it on the way in? And Ben White playing on all the crap that he gets for having said in the past that he doesn't really watch football, just basically dropped the line off. 
I don't watch football. So, you know, we were focused fully on this and it was just, it was fantastic. Honestly, it was so good. And if you listen really carefully to the clip, if you listen really carefully um, to the interview on Five Live, if you turn it right up, you might be able to hear me laughing in the background because I just couldn't hold it in. I just could not hold it in. Classic elite stuff uh, from Mr. Ben White. You had another fantastic game today and obviously uh, got on the score sheet for us, which is fantastic. And we'll come on to talk about him in a little bit more detail a little bit later on. So arrived at the Emirates Stadium uh, today that little bit earlier because of the fact that Manchester City were playing Liverpool. Now, I posted before the game that, look, guys, let's not be obsessed. Let's not become obsessed with what happens at the Etihad because it's out of our control. You know, and very often you can uh, go uh, watch a game that has obviously implications on your own team. The result not go your way. And then it can put you in a down mood. And then it means that you're more stressed and you're more anxious when supporting your team and covering your team and uh, and all of that stuff. And, and that can... You know, as Mikel Arteta would say, I think, transmit onto the pitch. What the Arsenal fans did really well, I thought, was not allow that to come across. I think, you know, it would have been easy to have watched Manchester City absolutely batter uh, Liverpool in the way they did and think, oh my God, this lot are on our tails. And they've reduced the gap to five points now. They've got a game in hand as well. Um, you know, we're, we're under immense pressure now. And, and you might have felt in previous seasons that nervousness from off the pitch, come across onto the pitch and have a bit of an impact. But thankfully, it didn't today. It really, really didn't. I thought the atmosphere inside Emirates Stadium was fantastic from the off, from the minute I got there. Lots of fans had gone down there early uh, in order to sit and watch that match. But I think once it got to sort of 2-1 Manchester City, people did start to think, well, you know what, forget about this now. Let's put it to one side. Let's focus on having a good time ourselves. Let's focus on having a good game ourselves. And and I think people had kind of got it out of their minds by the time the game started, uh, which was obviously a positive. I was there from really early. Um, I was there from just after 12 o'clock uh, because I wanted to watch the game, obviously. Now, there's normally people knocking about in the press lounge uh, from quite early on, but there was more today uh, than normal because, of course, uh, of the desire and the want to, to see what was going on at the Etihad Stadium. Uh, but again, even in the press room, you know, there was a little bit of a cheer, I'll be honest, when Mo Salah uh, put Liverpool in front. Uh, but once City got the equaliser, I think people knew what was coming. Um, and, and as I say, turned their focus and shifted their attentions onto what mattered. And that was Arsenal getting their result at Emirates. So we're sitting there, we're chilled, we're ready for the game. Um, you know, we know it's a must win, given what we've just witnessed. And then the team news drops. And it is announced that Bukayo Saka is not in the starting eleven Now, I remember saying to you guys the other day that obviously it wasn't ideal that Bukayo Saka was having to play for England as much as he was. Um, you know, that he was on the pitch for, for long periods of time in both matches, the match against Italy and the match against Ukraine. And that, you know, he could really, really do with a rest. And when I saw that he was left out of the team, I wondered if that was why. I wondered if Mikel Arteta looked at it and went, it just hasn't come back the same. He just doesn't look right in training. He just doesn't look 100%. So maybe, um, you know, he needs a breather and maybe uh, we need to give him a bit of a rest in order to make sure that he's fit and firing for uh, Liverpool. When you see that Bukayo Saka is not in the team, and I think if I'm not mistaken, the last time he wasn't in the starting lineup for a Premier League game was December 21. Naturally, when you see that, 
you start to wonder and, and worry about our ability to go on and score goals and win this game. Bukayo Saka has been such a key part of Arsenal's attack so far this season that, yeah, you know, there was a, a, a sort of, uh, what's the word, instinctive sigh um, sort of hearing that news. And, and you do start to wonder, hold on a minute, what kind of impact is this going to have? And then Mikel Arteta stood in front of uh, the TV cameras pre-game um, and he told the world, uh, essentially, that Bukayo Saka was ill, uh, that he was unwell yesterday, uh, that he missed training as a consequence uh, because of, um, yeah, just, just not feeling up to it. He went home. Uh, he had a rough night, according to Mikel Arteta's post-match uh, interview, but he felt better this morning and felt like he could play a part. So... He was uh, deemed fit enough to be on the bench. And, you know, Mikel Arteta would have wanted to have Bukayo, in the, Bukayo Saka in the squad um, desperately. You know, he's, he's such a key figure, a key part of this team. He would have wanted to have that option of turning to him if things uh, didn't go the way that we planned or the way that we hoped. We did give him some time and some minutes, uh, but thankfully he wasn't desperately needed because of the game state at the point in which he entered the field of play. So, you know, hopefully that's behind him now playing uh, whatever it was 30 odd minutes that he got means that you know he remains sharp he remains fit and uh, hopefully you know we can focus on getting him back um, to full health ahead of uh, what's going to be a massive game at Anfield for Arsenal uh, next weekend. Leandro Trossard uh, was then starting in attack as was Martinelli but both of those started in the game against Crystal Palace so the only change that Mikel made, obviously, uh, was bringing Gabriel Jesus back into the starting eleven, And it was a really, really good performance from him. You know, really, really good. I think, you know, he's he's been working his way back to fitness and we've seen flashes and glimpses of what uh, Gabriel Jesus is capable of and, and sort of we saw signs of him returning to sharpness and to fitness. But, you know, there was a part of you that was like, OK, I'd love you to just go on, get a goal, you know, put that behind you because even prior to his injury, the talk about his uh, lack of goals was, uh, you know, it was rife. It was everywhere. It was constant. And so for for Gabriel Jesus to have had this international break to work his way back to fitness. And Mikel said yesterday that, um, you know, he he looked sharper. He looked fitter. He looked as though he was no longer really thinking about the injury, which is obviously one of the big mental hurdles that you need to overcome when you come back from a problem like that. Um, and he said that he'd made great progress over the last few days. And my God, did it show today because I thought his performance was excellent um, in a lot of ways. You know, um, did everything he tried come off? No. Um, but, you know, when you're trying such elaborate things at times, that's always going to be the case. Um, at the time, Arsenal broke the deadlock. I, I didn't think we were going to break the deadlock, to be honest with you. I thought we struggled up until that point, if I'm being completely honest. Um, we didn't really create any clear-cut chances. Uh, we had an opportunity right at the start. I think it was a Martinelli shot that was blocked. Um, Leeds had had one just before that. Rasmus Christensen, who went on to score in the game, had an effort saved by Aaron Ramsdale. But the only two other real bits of danger uh, came at the other end of the pitch in that first period. Two saves from Aaron Ramsdale, one from uh, Crescencio Somerville and one from Jack Harrison, I think. And those were just prior to Arsenal breaking the deadlock through Gabi Jesus. Now, there was a lot of debate in the stadium today as to whether or not that was a penalty kick. Um, what I will say is it was maybe a little bit soft. But if you go to ground in the way that Luke Ayling did, you don't get the ball. When you catch a player that high up his leg, you're asking for trouble. 
You could also argue that Gabriel Jesus could have gone down from the first challenge, uh, which was committed on him, which I think was from Christensen as well. And and then nobody would be talking about it and nobody would be debating about it and nobody would even be discussing whether or not that was a penalty kick. But it was really, really interesting because obviously I was covering the game for the radio and they cut to me when the ball was being placed or, or just before the ball was being placed down on the spot for sort of a, a sort of running commentary of what was happening. And um, Martin Odegaard had the ball in his hands. And I'm not sure if... Martin Odegaard was originally going to take it and then decided to pass it up to Gabriel Jesus. I'm not sure if it was a ploy. We see teams do that quite often in the modern game where somebody will stand with the ball knowing that the opposition are going to try and get in and around them and try and put them off. And then right at the last minute, when the referees already moved people out of the penalty area, the ball is passed over to another taker. Mikel Arteta was asked that in the radio interviews and he said... Well, he didn't say anything. He didn't really answer the question, to be honest. He just said, look, Gabby was an option to take it as well. He felt good. He felt confident. And he stepped up and he took it. It was a really confident penalty for someone that hasn't scored a goal for such a long time. Hadn't scored a goal for the Gunners since early October. But he runs up, gives it the little stutter, sends Melier down to his right and then just rolls it down the middle of the goal and puts Arsenal in front. And that was really, really significant. The timing of it... Um, the fact that we got our noses in front. I talked a lot, didn't I, about um, sort of when you're playing teams with low confidence, the need to get yourself in front because you can play on the, that lack of confidence and you can really uh, put a microscope on it and, and really cause these teams, with all due respect, to feel shit about themselves. And that's what Arsenal did, uh, obviously, uh, by taking the lead. And, you know, the end of the first half was was pretty routine, uh, pretty pretty safe for the Gunners. And then you had the start of the second half in which Arsenal came out like a house on fire and, and put Leeds United to bed within what? It was a couple of minutes, I think, uh, at the uh, a couple of minutes, I beg your pardon, of the restart. So, um, yeah, that, that goal was massive too. Uh, Benny White, Benny Blanco, as they call him in the chat, um, scoring there. And I spoke to Mikel Arteta in the interview, but also um, in the... Um, in the press conference and I asked him the question, how good is it to see somebody like Ben White getting into those goal scoring opportunities or goal scoring positions as frequently as he does when you think that 12 months ago, this guy was a centre-back. He had no full-back instincts whatsoever, no attacking instincts really whatsoever. And all of a sudden he's turned into this full-back who's so confident going forward, you know, and gives us so much in those positions and in those areas, whether it's on the overlap, the underlap, whether it's driving in towards the far post in the way he did to meet Martinelli's cross. It's just all fantastic. Um, it, it's fantastic to see. And, um, you know, Mikel said, as long as he scores, as long as he puts the ball in the back of the net, then, um, yeah, I, I, I'm happy for him to get into those positions. But if he doesn't and we're caught on the transition, then that's a different story. So a bit of humour from the Arsenal boss there who was um, really in good spirits and in a good mood today, as you'd understand. Um I talked about Leeds' approach in our preview show. I said that I thought that we were going to face a low block and I thought we were going to face a lot of the issues that we face week in, week out nowadays. And we saw exactly that. The fact that Javi Grazia didn't name um, a, a, a recognised out-and-out striker in his starting eleven, despite the fact that uh, you know Patrick Bamford was available to him, said everything you needed to know, really, um, about 
uh, sort of what their intentions were. Now, I'm not saying that they came there just to park the bus. You know, they did come there uh, to be defensively solid and they did come there to try and um, and frustrate. But they also had an idea and they had a plan. And Javi Grazia told us this um, in the radio interviews that, you know, he, he thought that based on the type of game they were going to face, based on the fact that most of the time they were going to be in a mid to low block, he felt that he needed runners. He felt that he needed players with whom they could break away and players who could cause us that type of problem. So you can understand what the plan was and, and why he decided to go that way. But obviously, and thankfully, uh, it didn't work um, because um, once Arsenal got their noses in front, that was pretty much it. Um, I've talked about the first goal, the opener. Um, I've talked about the second goal. I want to take it on to the third goal because Leandro Trossard is very fast becoming the assist king. I think that's seven assists now he's got in an Arsenal shirt. And I read today, I think it was James Benj that posted this, that even if you only took the seven assists that Leandro Trossard has managed in Arsenal colours this season, so completely discount the first half of the season where he was at Brighton and Hove Albion, he'd still be third in the Premier League assist table. I mean, this guy is a provider extraordinaire. He's fantastic. He's so good at it. Um, he's got such an unbelievable footballing brain. If you go back to that third goal, the Arsenal third goal, Gabriel Jesus' is second. When Trossard has played the ball inside the penalty area, the angle has been shut. He's been forced wide. Leeds are starting to get bodies in and around him. And you wonder where on earth Leandro Trossard is going to go. And he has the presence of mind to understand that somebody is making the run, to know what area, which part of the penalty area to put the ball in. And he does exactly that. He digs out across basically from nowhere. And Gabriel Jesus, full of confidence, comes steaming in and just stabs it into the back of the net. And listen, I mentioned how good it is to have Jesus back. I've talked about how he's looking sharper and sharper with every passing week. One of the criticisms you could level at Gabriel Jesus, and it would be absolutely fair, is that for a centre-forward, he doesn't score enough goals, okay? And he had been on a long old goal drought before the injury. And then obviously he's been out for a long time and he hadn't scored since returning. And, and people were looking at him going, look, you give loads to the team. Nobody's going to deny that. Nobody's going to question that. And you make us an infinitely better side when you're in the 11. But the goals thing is a bit of an issue. And we do need to see more of that, uh, more there and, and more in terms of that, you know? And um, and so I'm just wondering, and, and, and I guess part of this is hope. I'm hoping that Gabriel Jesus has rediscovered his goal scoring touch just at the right time, just at the right time going into the business end of the season, because, um, you know, we really need it. You know, we really need uh, to be able to, to score goals. You know, we talk a lot about the Saliba problem. How long is he going to be out? He was down uh, pitch side, by the way, uh, at the end of the match, greeting his teammates after they won. And he was uh, sitting just behind the dugout during the game as well. It's good to see him there. Uh, but, I mean, you just wonder with Saliba being out and the fact that we expect the team to be just that little bit weaker defensively without him, you know, it becomes even more important that we have firepower and the kind of firepower that can get us out of difficult situations. Um, and the kind of firepower that can get us out of, um, you know, out of predicaments. Because, you know, between now and the end of the season, there are going to be times when we need goals. And there are going to be big key moments. And to have 
Gabriel Jesus coming back to form just at the right time, I think is so significant. Yes, it's great that he's back in and among the goals and it's great that he will be able to or should be able to continue helping us in that way. But he also brings the best out of so many players around him. Trossard, you know, we talk a lot about assists. Great. But it doesn't get registered as an assist if nobody puts the ball in the back of the net. You know, it's a, that's an example of how everybody's working fantastically well together. Um, Martinelli is an infinitely better player when Jesus... Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Or Trossard, or both are in the side. So yeah, there's so much um, to be pleased about at the moment. There, there really, really is. Um, let me... Uh, let me have a little glance at my notes because I'm I'm so excited. I, I I honestly I'm so excited, and I want to make sure that I'm not missing stuff out uh, because I, I always come away from a game with loads of notes that are, things that I want to talk about, and um, and sometimes in my excitement and in getting carried away, I miss important points. So I'm just having a quick glance at that. Uh, we talked about Saka not being in the eleven. We've talked about uh, the Manchester City versus Liverpool game. We've talked about uh, the first half. We've talked uh, Jesus. We've talked Ben White. We've got to talk. Granit Xhaka as well, having an incredible goal-scoring season by his standards. Uh, this was a guy that rarely scored, and I think he's now got, what, five in the Premier League so far this season? Unbelievable uh, to see him getting into those positions. And Mikel Arteta talked post-match about the fact that this is a mindset thing with Granit Xhaka. If you believe you're going to score goals and you go into those positions and you go looking for them, the, the opportunities will come. And I mean, what a header. What a header. Um, Duncan Ferguson in his heyday would have been proud of that header. Wonderfully guided goalwards. Um, you know, the beauty was in the um the beauty was in the delivery, obviously, from Martin Odegaard as well. But Granit Xhaka took that opportunity uh, fantastically well. So congratulations to him on another really solid game in midfield, but also um, you know, another um, you know, another goal. And, uh, and adding to his tally. And Arsenal scoring goals freely at the moment. And that's really important. We're not just scraping over the line in games. We're not, um, you know, we're not in that position where we have to worry loads about uh, sort of our form. And, you know, people always say the performances at this point in the season don't matter. It's all about results. And yeah, if you win 1-0, if you win 4-1, you still get three points, right? But for Arsenal to be playing with this confidence tells me that at least at this moment in time, and I don't want to curse it or jinx it going forward, things can change very, very quickly in football. But at least at this moment in time, Arsenal are playing with a lot of confidence, with a lot of belief. 
and the nerves and the uh you know the uh, anxieties that come with being top of the league at this point and being hunted down by a team as good as any team that the Premier League's ever seen you know are, are obviously a problem and and probably will uh, cause us an issue at some point but for the time being Mikel Arteta has been able to keep those at the door and not let them in and not let that infiltrate the mindsets of our players who have been uh, you know just focused head down game face on um yeah it's yeah amazing um it's really really good to see um yeah it's it's really good to see and i'm i'm loving every minute of it at the moment just enjoying the ride i really really am just before we continue, I want to take some questions uh, from you guys as well in the live chat box. Uh, so please do uh, let me know what you want to ask. Let me know if there's anything that you want discussed before we wrap up the show. But I just want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you in partnership with NordVPN, uh, named one of Times 2022's best inventions. Now, VPN is a virtual private network. Uh, and what that is, is it means that you can log on uh, via a VPN, via a virtual private network, and it gives you a ton of benefits. It's the price of a cup of coffee per month. That's it. A cup of coffee, one per month. And the benefits, I'm sure you'll agree, more than justify the cost. The guys at NordVPN uh, very kindly have uh, have have decided to support the Chronicles of Aguna, which is amazing for me, amazing for you guys. And I'll tell you why it's amazing for you guys, because you can get a discounted deal uh, on your NordVPN subscription if you use our code, which is Chronicles AFC, all in one word, nice and easy. So what are these benefits that you ask? Uh, well, if you're logged in via a NordVPN uh, subscription, you will protect your data whilst traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. Perhaps more appealing to some of our sports fans and football fans. Not that I condone streaming stuff from places that you shouldn't, but uh, watching sport events, TV shows and films uh, that aren't available in your region is possible when you've got a NordVPN account. So you'll be able to watch uh, streams of live sporting events any TV shows that aren't available in your region, films, etc., etc. You can also purchase flights, subscriptions, and more at cheaper prices by logging in from another virtual location. So you can literally select, uh, you know, to be in America. So you log into your NordVPN. I want to use a VPN from America. Bang. All of a sudden, you'll have access to everything American. Your Netflix will look different. That's something I've really enjoyed. Uh, not only that, you'll be able to access streaming services to watch whatever you want to watch uh, that aren't available in the UK. And you can do this all through NordVPN, our partners right here on the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. So you can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash Chronicles AFC. You'll get a huge discount off of your plan plus four additional months of free it's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee if you're not satisfied. But fantastic offer for you guys. I know a lot of you guys in the chat uh, use it. I know a lot of you have spoken to me about it in the Discord server. So this is your opportunity to get a discount. NordVPN.com forward slash Chronicles AFC. The link and the details are in the description. So please do uh, get involved. Okay. Uh, there, across the pond, Moss says Yellowstone and 1923, Harry. 
yes baby those are two things uh, that i cannot wait uh, to sit down and watch um okay let's take uh, a few of your questions uh, a few of your thoughts uh, from the live chat also quick reminder if you haven't left a like on the video what are you waiting for let's get up to 100 likes that should be like work and subscribe uh, to the channel if you haven't done so already uh, this question comes in from m who says harry is the liverpool defeat a blessing or a curse for our game next week at anfield liverpool are very jekyll and hyde what i would say mate is that regardless of what happened today and regardless of how average liverpool looked today we cannot afford to go uh, to anfield and take them likely uh, lightly you know that would be naive that would be silly I have enough trust in this team in this coach in this group now having been burnt at Anfield in the past that they will know that and that they will be very well prepared as best prepared as possible but even if Arsenal are at their best if Liverpool are there's no guarantee you win that game so you know this is a really really difficult fixture it's one that could potentially wobble the ship a little bit in that if we get beat then all of a sudden we're in that position again where we need to bounce back and we need to bounce back quickly. And that's going to be a big test. It would mean that Manchester City eat into our point advantage ahead of the trip to the Etihad, which we don't really want. Uh, but at the same time, it has the potential, if we could win that game, to give us such a big boost and put us in such an incredible position going into what would be the last eight games. So you can look at it either way. What I'm really confident in is that this Arsenal team if they do come unstuck at Anfield it won't be because they're naive and it won't be from a lack of trying because they've been there done it they know what Anfield is like Mikel Arteta got speakers out on the training pitch for God's sake to make sure uh, that he could try and, and hammer home how important and how difficult it is um, when you go to Anfield how important it is that you're prepared so not really worried about the mental side of it in terms of the preparation but obviously you then have to manage that when you go out on the pitch, when you're faced with that atmosphere in real life. And as you say, Liverpool, you don't know what you're going to get. You really, really don't know uh, what you're going to get. Uh, let's see what else we've got in the chat. Uh, Odradek says, Harry, is there a case for Trossardino starting against Liverpool instead of Jesus? Um, there might be a case. I'm not sure that I would do that. I'm not sure that I would go down that route. I think... Jesus is is such a handful to the opposition because what he gives you, apart from being able to run in behind, apart from being able to drop deep, all the things that we talk about week in, week out, the going left, the going right, is he gives you the ability to play long balls up front as well. Because for someone of his size and of his stature, he's so incredibly strong and incredibly difficult to deal with. And the game that I always go back to when I talk about this is the game... Up at Old Trafford, right at the start of the season, back in September, I think it was, we ended up losing the game. But a colleague of mine, who you guys will know from, from 90 Min, Scott Saunders, was at that game as well. And when we spoke about it the next day, one of the things he said to me was, this guy is just unbelievable. Gabriel Jesus is just unreal in that you can play a long ball up to him. He might not be very big, yet he's able to back into people and cause people problems and bring the ball down uh, under real pressure. A wonderful, wonderful footballer. So me personally, I'd play Jesus. I wouldn't leave him out. Um, but Trossard, pretty much every time he's played, has impacted the game. So if someone was to make that case, I, I couldn't dismiss the case. It's not what I do, but I certainly wouldn't dismiss it. No. Um, 
what else have we got? Uh, Sleeping Dragon says, uh, who I think is a Liverpool fan, Harry, can Arsenal realistically still prevent City from hunting down uh, Arsenal and coming in for the kill? It, l- listen, if you if you keep watching Arsenal every week, you know, as an Arsenal fan, there are nerves there, okay? And every passing week that goes, I'm just like, focus on this game, win this game, and then we'll worry about it later. It's almost as though we're at this point where because we're so nervous, because we're so desperate for Arsenal to go on and win the league, that we almost forego some of the trust that we should have built up in this team because of how impressive they've been this season. It's not about City hunting Arsenal down. There's an eight-point gap between the two sides at the moment. Yes, it could be five if City win their game in hand. Agreed, granted. But at the same time, it's them that need to catch Arsenal. It's them that need to be watching what we're doing in terms of the points that we're getting on the board. And I think it's really important that the players remember that and, and focus solely on their, their game and, and solely on what they're doing. Um, doing all the right things in training, day in, day out, making sure that they're well prepared, making sure that they go into these games, albeit cup finals, as we're describing them, with the right mindset. They can't be thinking like the fans, because if they were, uh, the nerves would have got to them a long time ago. So, yeah, I, look, it, it is realistic that Arsenal go on and win the league, if that's what you're asking me. Of course it is from this position. But it isn't a foregone conclusion. You know, and, and had we been being chased by any other side in Premier League history, maybe, I would say, okay, you know, all right, we might not win every game and that will probably be okay uh, because it's unlikely that the team chasing us are going to pick up that many points. But I genuinely look at Manchester City's fixtures and think they could win every single one and that scares the living shit out of me. So that's why I'm nervous. That's why I worry. That's why I'm concerned. That's why I, I feel the anxiety going into every single weekend. But yeah, at some point, we've got to start to trust in this Arsenal side. I think they've earned that uh, based on their performances so far this season. Let's take this one from Russ Morgan. Do we dare to dream? You can dream, my friend. Um, what's life without dreams? But don't get complacent is what I would say. Um, not that you would personally, specifically, but I think we can allow ourselves to dream because that dream should be what fuels us and what pushes us to go on and hopefully achieve what it is that we're looking to achieve. But at the same time, um, at the same time, we cannot afford to be complacent. And there is a fine line between dreaming and allowing complacency to creep in. So, um, yeah, that's what I'll say to that. Uh, Guys, quick reminder, if you haven't left a like on the YouTube video, please do. Uh, There's over a couple of hundred of you with me right now. Uh, which is pretty good for a Saturday night uh, with a podcast announced just 15 minutes before we went live. Uh, So yeah, like the video if you haven't done so already. Let's get up to 100 likes. There's more than enough of you uh, to do that. And also make sure you're subscribed to the channel if you haven't done so already. Um, I'll take one more comment and then I'm going to sail off into the sunset uh, and we'll be back uh, tomorrow at some point with some more content. Uh, where we'll be uh, reviewing the weekend, maybe. Maybe we'll do that on Sunday night. Uh, Remember, Mondays to Fridays, 4.30 p.m., there'll be a piece of content dropping uh, every single one of those days uh, at that time. At the weekends, we're a little bit more all over the place in terms of our timings, but make sure you're subscribed and your notifications are turned on, and that way you'll never miss a beat. Uh, Let me take this one from Steve Stone. Harry, Holding's name wasn't mentioned all game. Are you upset? I'm not upset because that means that Rob Holding delivered. If I don't talk about Rob Holding, it means he had a good game and I've got nothing to highlight. 
Um, I didn't think he was outstanding today, which is why I haven't mentioned him. But equally, I think he deserves some credit for, uh, you know, performing to a good enough standard that we're not coming away from this talking about Rob Holding. He is a downgrade on William Silly, but I think that's undeniable. Um, and that's not to shit on the player. That's just being realistic about his level and where he's at. Um, but I thought today he did um, a pretty solid job. I think that he... Um, I think that he will grow in confidence as he, you know, plays in the team and, and performs well. And, you know, it would have been really nice for Arsenal to keep a clean sheet today. Same with the Palace game. You know, we didn't need to concede silly goals in those games. But, you know, with every passing week, Arsenal winning and generally defending quite well. And Rob Holding is a part of that. So he will grow in confidence. And the other thing is that, you know, yes, I don't think he's a great player. And I don't think he's one that I'd like to see us persist with in the future. But you've got to remember that this guy has been inactive in the Premier League for such a long time, you know, and he's been asked to come in at a real key point in the season. Probably Arsenal's most important run of games in the last two decades. Rob Holding's been put into that situation and into that position and asked to deliver. And, you know, he's, he's going to perform, hopefully, to a good enough standard to help us. The other thing as well is if you trust Mikel Arteta, which I think a lot of us do now, rightly so, then you have to trust that if Mikel Arteta's kept this guy around and and would will put him in in these situations, you have to trust that there's some reasoning behind that, that Mikel Arteta sees something in training day in, day out. Might not be the best in terms of his ability, but in terms of his attitude, uh, you know, by all accounts, he's great to have around, uh, all of those things. There's something that Mikel Arteta believes in clearly. Now, I'm not saying that Rob Holding is his first choice, but there has got to be something. There's got to be a reason as to why, um, you know, he's he's turned to him and, and fingers crossed he can repay that faith and Arsenal can go on and, um, and achieve uh, what we're hoping to achieve between now and the end of the season. But just to be in this position at this point is, is phenomenal. And I know people will say this is a massive football club. You shouldn't accept just being in the race. It should be winning or nothing. Only winning is good enough. And I get all of that. But the turnaround has been unbelievable at Arsenal Football Club. And um, that's not just on the pitch, it's off it as well. The atmosphere within the stadium. You know, today, Leeds score a goal, 3-1. People could have thrown their arms up in the air, got annoyed, got frustrated. Instead, everybody gets up on their feet, cheers the team on, we go again. That's a testament to the, the way that Mikel Arteta has built the atmosphere. And I keep telling you guys, I've said this to you guys throughout the duration of the season. Mikel Arteta plants that seed week in week out with every press conference with every interview that he does it's a very very deliberate thing and it's worked incredibly well because as a supporter when you go to the game and you've listened to your manager talking about your influence the impact you can have as a fan how you help the team you then feel a responsibility to go there and support the team in maybe a different way to how it was being supported previously that won't be the case with everybody I mean, I look at people that are around me in the stadium that for years and years and years have obviously been there and have supported the team and have backed the team, but haven't maybe been as vocal as they were or has been as vocal, sorry, as, as others around them, who all of a sudden now are, are screaming at the top of their lungs every time we get a chance, every time they appeal for a decision. You know, it's it's everybody's just really bought into this and it's phenomenal to see. It really, really is. Oh, Nine more cup finals to go, eh? Nine more. Just the nine. 
Liverpool at Anfield next week is not going to be easy. We know that. And of course, we'll be, we'll be, I can't even talk. We'll be building up to that. There we go. Uh, over the course of the week. And I'm very much looking forward to doing that. Uh, as well as bringing you guys all sorts of content. Our player ratings will be on the Another Slice website uh, in just a few minutes time. Uh, so uh, make sure you check those out if you're a member on that platform. If you're not, uh, visit anotherslice.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna. You can sign up there. You'll be supporting the podcast and uh, of course, the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital. So uh, do check that out. Thank you all so, so much, as always, for your support. Uh, great to see so many of you with us live. Uh, big hello to everybody watching or listening to this back later on. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday evening. Enjoy your Sunday as well. We can sit back, put our feet up and relax for another week, knowing that we've done our job. On to Anfield next. Gabriel Jesus is back among the goals. And um, we move. Up the Arsenal. Catch you all soon. Cheers. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.